0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Pulp, Punditry and Porchy. to the latest episode of Pod Punditry and Porchie. I hope you've had a lovely Easter weekend, had lots and lots of chocolate, how it should be. Got a really exciting interview for us today. Um, we have got our Clarky back, so our kit man TC, Tony Clark. So we're just going to go through his career. you will be excited to know that he was actually a jockey before he went into football. We're going to talk through that, all of his time at several league clubs and how he's got into non-league football as well. So just remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and here we go. So here's our chat. With TC himself, Tony Clark. So we've got Clarky here, obviously. He's come back. We've got our Clarky back. Uh, so we're really excited to have him back at Portchester. So how are you doing, Clarky? Yeah, I'm good. TC? I'm yeah. good. Yeah, really yeah. good. Life's good.
1: Yeah. 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 How's, how's been, things
0: been um, like lockdown for you, really?
1: Yeah, it's been a bit tough. Been tough. Um, sort of started a new job within lockdown, and that's um, no, been really good. It took, to be fair, it's been nice because I've been more time with the family and. You know, the first lockdown was, was, was really, really hard, you know, because we couldn't go anywhere. Second lockdown's been a bit more looser, isn't it? So, but we sort of kept safe and everything, sort of haven't mixed with any of the family or um, haven't mixed with anybody, really. So, um, just sort of, you know, just doing anything that the government's sort of telling us to do, really. So, but no, it's good. Just sort of settled into a new job and everything and um, just, keeping, just keeping everyone safe, really. Just doing the right things. Absolutely.
0: So, I guess what we'll do is we'll go through, because you've had so many different roles in like football in your career, but your career didn't actually start in football, did it? Do you want to tell us a little bit about
1: that? Yeah, I was a, 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 a jockey. Yeah, I, I, I sort of started um, in horse racing at a very early age, um, ran about sort of 12, sort of 13 years old. Um, basically, granddad was, was horse racing crazy, uh, betting mad. <laughs> um and my, my granddad was, was was lost his life in the dockyard and everything oh, sorry to hear that. and uh it's, it's just one of those things that you know that, that, that happens throughout life isn't it so but he was you know to honor him i sort of wrote a letter to uh the great sort of toby Boldin, mm. um and basically he, he sort of took me up there in my, in my half terms and everything and i mucked out and learned to ride and in the end i was sort of riding race horses and everything um, and then he sent me to the British Racing School at Newmarket, where I sort of come through the system there at the British Racing School. And then I went to work for Ron Smythe, um, but he sort of, you know, he already had jockeys and everything, apprentices there. So I sort of moved from Ron Smythe and moved to a really good trainer called Con Horgan, where I spent oh, t- around about eight years working for the guy. Sort of did four years as a stable lad, and then he sort of gave me my license as apprentice and ended up sort of riding on the track. So yeah, had a really good career, but a short career had sort of really bad accident and everything and that sort of ended my career really so but it was good it was good I had, had a career and managed to ride against some you know Franco Totori and people Incredible. like that so I yeah. rode against you know some of the best jockeys Walt Swinburne and people like that so yeah it was, it was good really yeah. good career. It's
0: always something alongside your football I guess to take away and think oh you know it's a great part of your life to be able to do that.
1: Yeah okay. yeah. yeah well it was, it's just brilliant you know because you've been a sort of professional sportsman and everything and you know, you, you always sort of dream to being a sportsman, it was something I always wanted to be a jockey in that as well because me, my granddad was, like I say, horse racing mad. So it was just something that that I really wanted to do from a very early age and, and I and I did it. So, yeah. you know, and coming from the city of Portsmouth to, to being a jockey is is, is really unusual, isn't It's it? not the most natural progression, let's <laughs> no, put no. it that way. <laughs>
0: So, I guess more natural um, is maybe around this area, maybe going into Navy or football, something along the yeah. lines, and you've obviously done that. So, how yeah. did that come about going into football from horse Well, I,
1: I come out of horse racing, had like about a year's sort of uh, like rehab and sort of physio work and everything, and, and I'll sort of come to the end of that. And um, basically, just a chance meeting with Paul Hardiman, really. Um, he sort of called me into the office at Portsmouth Football Club and Sort of had an interview with Paul, and Paul sort of really sort of like my background and everything in the horse racing. And it's really weird because we we're both Cottenham lads as well. Because I lived in Cottenham, he lived in Cochner and everything. And you know, I watched Paul as a as a kid and on on the, the terracing at the Fratton End, and you know, Paul Hardman to me was like was 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 was, was you know, massive to me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, To sort of go and meet Paul, and he sort of offered me a part time job at Paulson Football Club coaching, um, sort of pushed me through my coaching badges and everything. It was a really good help with my coaching badges um and then within like six months i ended up sort of uh, sort of full time with paul yeah and i ended up sort of around about seven years working under paul hardy in the portsmouth so you know to work with him and, and and to work alongside him all the time and you know you had mark chamberlain and brilliant you yeah. know people like that that were sort of doing the development so i was you know and also sean gow who's now the gospel manager so i come through with those guys um, and it was quite magical to me because I, I got brought up properly and, and and sort of shown the right way to coach. So it was a really good sort of discipline time for me. And to, and to work with coaches like that was just brilliant because so, their experience as pro footballers and then coming into like the coaching role, I had a really good upbringing with those guys, really. So, very, very lucky.
0: I guess you've got to be reflective, haven't you? And think, actually, you've been so lucky to work with people like that. And yeah. beyond as we go forward, I guess, in the interview as well. Like, yeah. I guess it's the education, isn't it? And how you take yeah, of course them. it is.
1: But you've got, you know, you've got, like, Gainey, who's been, like, a manager. who has been at havner Waterlooville And he took them all the way to Liverpool in the FA Cup. And, you know, you look back and... I don't think at that time you realise how good these guys have been, and how, you know Paul's played like in like Division One, which is like the old Division yeah, One back yeah. then. You know under the great Alan Ball and Mark Chamberlain, played for England, played for Stoke City and, and, and Portsmouth. And it's not until you're older that you realise how special these guys were, and I was lucky to work alongside these guys. But it's not until you're older that you look back and you think, God, you know at the time I didn't realise how lucky I was. It's but then you look back now, and, it, and it's been it's just been a magical career, really. Yeah, I've been really blessed, really lucky, uh, you know, to work with people like that. So uh, has been it's been a great time. So brilliant. So from Portsmouth, where did you end up next? Then um, I left. I left Portsmouth. Um, ended up going to to uh, Brighton. Brighton and Over Albion. Um We had a, a really lovely guy there called Martin Hinchwood, um, and he ended up becoming a manager. And then he ended up being in charge of the whole of the Academy. And it was two great guys called David Jupp and Darren Teague. Um, and they were in charge of the whole of the Foundation phase and it was their job to sort of bring boys through the development centers into the academy at Brighton. Because in those days we were at the Withdean Stadium. So we were working at mm-hmm. port cabins. Um, <laughs> if you had to go to the training ground, you had to pay for your parking. Um, you know, <laughs> sharing a training ground with, with Brighton University. So if the players were on the treadmill, they had a university graduate that was just using the gym jogging next to them. It was this crazy time really. Um, but it was lovely. It was just it was just lovely because you were working at the Welford Stadium. Everybody knew each other. It was really close knit. Our main office was in the was in one of the main offices in the, in the middle of Brighton City Centre. I mean, it was it was just crazy, really. And
0: if you followed, I guess if you followed Brighton as a fan or you worked yeah. in that, that is a time. It's a really important time in the club's history, isn't it? Cause, I mean, it that's is. when I started following yeah. football. Really, yeah, is, is yeah. that they were in the Welford. I never knew yeah. them in that former stadium. Yeah. But if you look at the setup now. And then you look at that, but yeah. it's such an important period of time isn't it? that they've had this century, yeah. just in athletics. Track, well, we were getting it?
1: crowds of five and a half thousand. You know, yeah. that, that was what we were getting. And you look at them now, they're getting 25,000. You know, when we're, when we're out of COVID, they'll be back to 24,000, yeah. 25,000. And the whole of my career, I watched the new stadium being built and never had a chance to work <laughs> in it. So, but I think I had the best years mm-hmm. because I was with your Charlie Oakways and, you know, I knew every player, I knew all the staff. I mean, I was lucky enough to to mix with Dean Wilkins. Mm. I mean, you'd go down to the training ground. And if we had to go down to the training ground for something or sort something out, you know, he'd be the gaffer and he'd be making you a cup of tea. Yeah. And that that for me was a very special time because people like that were, were just magical. You you were so close with one another. Martin Hinchwood was great. David Jupp, who's now at, um, he's now at Dagenham Redbridge's first team coach there with macker and Gritty. So. You know, I come through with, with with people like that, and yeah, just very lucky to to, to work with you know with people like that it was just was just magical at the time. Same again, you know, I've been really you know the magical days of the football when it's when it's sort of scraping its way by, but it, it, the, club, the club survived, and you look at the size of the club now, it, it, it was you know to watch it sort of grow and to to where it is now is you know is really special, really, and you can look back on that time and. And it was just great. I loved it. Well, it's like we're just saying, Just to
0: finish off with that, is ultimately that is football, isn't it? You, yeah. you look. You don't yeah. want it to be too corporate or too no. plastic. Like that is part yeah. of Brighton's history, always yeah. it will be. Well, when you think partner. of
1: the, when you think of the seats on the north stand at the Withdean, they used to disappear in the summer and go to the golf tournaments, and then the seats were put back in mm. ready for the season. Exactly. And it was crazy, but it was. But it was just a magical time. I mean, I loved it. I used to, I used to take my daughter down to the to the with Dean and run around the, the running track on the outside <laughs> of the pitch. And it was, you know, you could take your kids in. I mean, yeah. it was it was just a lovely, lovely time to be at Brighton, and I loved every minute. I, when I left Brighton, it broke my heart. You know, it, it, it really was. It was just a magical time. One well, of the but probably one of the best clubs that I think I ever served. So yeah it was it was lovely. You yeah. hey, had a lovely be. time like that and also yeah, I guess did. didn't you have the opportunity to meet a certain DJ who was from? Yeah, we had Fatboy Slim and we had Norm <laughs> down there and, and he was with Zoe Ball at the time. Yeah. And, you know, you'd you, 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 you know these people, you know, you, you'd see him on a match day. You had Des Lynham, you know, oh, yeah. massive, massive Brighton fan. You'd have Des there and he'd have a chat with you of what's going on behind the scenes at the club. Because, you know, in those days we would go into like the portal cabins where you you know you'd have something to eat before the game and a cup of tea and everyone would be in there. And it, it, it was just nice. It was just a really, really good community Plummer, Audrey, Yeah. Stadium. It was. It was lovely. It was just a really, really good place to be. Yeah. I loved it.
0: And then I guess going on from Brighton, was that your return to Pompey? Was it after that? Yeah, time? I
1: went back to Pompey for uh, for just under two years. I uh, went back with Paul again. Paul brought me back in again. Um, but the club was in turmoil. I mean, the club was just you know being ripped apart. I mean, it was. So what period of time was this? it? Was so when Guy had pulled the plug. Right, Um And then you had, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name that owned it, I think it was Shandarai that owned yeah. it at the, the time. Invisible,
0: Invisible Sheiks. So yeah, like we that. had like <laughs> Invisible
1: Sheiks, it was saying he had money, then we ended up, he didn't have any money. And then I remember like we had the offices down in the big sort of multi, uh big shop that we had, we had all the yeah. offices. And I remember, I mean, I was actually there, we were moving the stuff out. Hmm. I mean, you know, and then we moved all the stuff out of the ticket office and it was all shut down. And then we had to move over into the foundation building. And it was, the club was in an absolute mess then. And, the, and watching people losing their jobs was just heartbreaking. It's I mean, I was there thing. and watched people lose their jobs. And it was, I was lucky where I kept my job. But it, it was just a very uncomfortable time. You never knew whether you were going to keep your job. You know, but the foundation was, we built up such a great, um, sort of concrete, sort of base at the club where the coaching was first class for the kids and everything and that and you know we, we managed to keep that going and Paul managed to really keep that going and mm. you know you got Claire Martin there who's still there now, did a wonderful job and everything behind the scenes. So, you know, it, it, it was a tough time, really, really tough time. It just wasn't the same as my first thing at the club. It was just completely different. It yeah. was it was just like it had gone really corporate in the Premier League and it just all gone again. You know, and I think that's the, what happens, you go from, from, from being a really good, steady championship club, we had a really good, fantastic base, and it goes all corporate, and it's all about the money. You and can't I
0: forget just, who you are,
1: can't And I think the clubs forget who they are, you mm. know, they, they disconnect with the fans, they disconnect with your tea ladies, and your people that work in the kitchens, and your, your cleaning ladies. It gets disconnected, and I think that's the time when that all happened. Yeah. and it was just horrible. For me, it was just an uncomfortable sort of time in football, really. I think yeah. I
0: definitely you'd be the only person to say that. that period, yeah, I think everyone knows yeah. in terms of even from the outside Portsmouth's period of time. Yeah. then it, you know, I was at university actually in mm. 2009, 2012. I think most years, unfortunately, that yeah. he got relegated in those times. I thought yeah. it was bad luck or something,
1: but yeah. you can see there was a lot of turmoil behind the scenes. Yeah, there, so. it, it just wasn't, a, you know, it was, don't get me wrong, it was still a great place to work, um, but it was just, you know, the club was fighting for its life, yeah. you know, and it, and it just wasn't the same. And when you go back to a club, you're just going to think it's the same. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't, you know, yeah. it was just one of those periods in, in my career that, you know, you experience those times, really.
0: And I guess despite even all of that, you did say, didn't you, like the coaching on the floor was like top class. And I think we can all look and Mm -hmm. see that even though that was the case, Pompey still had players that were coming through. And whether they stayed, some of them are still there now, like your Jack Watmores and people like that. You had like your Jed Wallace's and people, and that's maybe a little bit before, yeah, Yeah. Matt Ritchie, I'm sure. Yeah, Matt Ritchie there, you had Matt
1: Ritchie, you had Sam Magri, um, all coming through the system. Um, so you know, it, it was good because you, you know you had like Mark Kelly there and your Paul Hardyman's, you know, that were bringing these kids through, um, and it, you know, it, it, you know they had a really, they've always had like a really good base of players sort of coming through the system and everything. So, um, but you know, that's what Premier League does. I think I think you know if you haven't got an owner that's gonna put millions and millions and millions into the club, you're just not gonna last in the Premier League. That's just it's just how the Premier League yeah. is. You know? so almost must bit
0: like Formula One, isn't it, where yeah. is, are you backed by sponsors? Yeah. I've just been watching the documentary on that yeah. and it's like, well, this German sponsor wants to sponsor his team, oh, we want a German driver to be in the team. Yeah. And it's, it's all led by the money, I think, yeah. and, that's yeah. why it's important to get behind, yeah. say, non-league and yeah. you know, part of the community, aren't you? So Yeah, yeah of course really it is. Important. And I think, you
1: know, non-league to me now is, is, is really, really special. So I love being in non-league now. I wouldn't change it for the world now. Oh, brilliant. It's lovely to hear that. Um so
0: Portsmouth, I guess that was like twenty ten, that time we were just talking about. So where yeah. did where did we go after
1: that? Um then I I left there, um and then I basically um sort of like worked for like French Academy and everything. Oh wow. Um really, really lucky and that was sort of connected with the R Football Club. Um and then basically uh, sort of did like a you know, like a around about sort of six months sort of working on, you know, with French kids and everything, and they were sort of being sent over to England to be sort of coached by English coaches and everything was that quite a different role for you, or in terms of because of the fact it was
0: going into kind of continental and European, was that new for you at the time? Yeah, it was, really yeah it was really new.
1: Yeah, it was really because you had to to sort of try and communicate with French kids. Yes. How's your French? So it wasn't very good to be honest. <laughs> um, but the, the nice thing is you get you get like a like a, like a French interpreter that comes over with the, with the players. And I was lucky enough to be able to use that interpreter to be able to get out what I wanted in the coaching and everything, um, and it was brilliant. I loved it, you know, working with they're just so disciplined. You know, the European kids are completely different. I mean, right. they are their discipline is, I don't know, they, they they just seem to sort of get it really, really quickly. I mean, it's it's a very sort of, I've, I think it comes from like their parents' sort of background in France. I think it's just that it's a more disciplined. More family oriented. Mm. Um, and they come for the academy system there where the kids, if you watch the academies abroad, they go and live in at the age of 11 and 12. We had like Clairefontaine, uh, how
0: would you pronounce it anyway? I know that was similar mm. to we used to have before we had St. George's Park here. There was yeah. another one, wasn't there? Where like Owen and Carragher's and yeah. people like that one. Yeah. But it does seem like you said that they do go
1: and then they're, they're kind of brought up within that academy yeah. system. Yeah, it's a, it's a
0: completely different
1: system because they live in that system whereas our kids will live with a family Diggs, yes. um, in digs and everything, whereas in France, they'll actually live at the academy. Um, at the I mean, I was lucky to go out to the with David Jupp, um, and we stayed out in the YAF. and, um, you know, they have, literally, they move in at the age of 11 and 12, and then they move up into the different sort of, uh, sort of living quarters, mm. and then they go right the way up to under 18. So they live in at the age of sort of 11 and 12, right the way through to 18.
0: And I think, I guess, you with know. the... French. Not that this is again. I don't really know enough about this, but I was mm. watching before where when Arsene Wenger came into Arsenal, and obviously he brought in a big French contingent, mm. like Yipertis and Vieiras. Yeah, yeah. And I remember people like Tony Adams and yeah. people like that saying that like they they were startled and amazed by like the fact that they just didn't drink or they didn't no. do this. No, and there's, their no there's no drinking
1: was culture. There's no. If you were to drink in front of foreign players, they would look at you and just say, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, they, know they, changed they've changed now. They've but... just not got that culture. They're they're more of a a family sitting around a table culture with their parents, with their family, with their grandparents. It's just that culture. You know, it's yeah. a very disciplined culture. It, it's it's so different. Um, You know, and they very want to please you, they really want to work hard. You know, don't get me the English kids do. But it's just a different culture between their academy system and our academy systems. I think living in at that age, you get that really good discipline. I think you get that really closeness with your coaching staff of how they want you and what style they want you to play in.
0: The values, I guess, as well, because you are, like I said, living in and it's probably at that
1: academy, there's core values you follow and you're more You follow that there. discipline all the way through, you know, and, and they just, you know, they, like I said, there's no drinking culture, there's no going out culture, there's just none of that there, you know, it is completely, it's it's literally completely dedicated to football and, and getting to, to where you want to get to in your career, that's the way that they are, you yeah. know, that's... You know, and I, know I like that system. I think that system works really, really well. Hopefully, in England, that it's something. You know, I think a lot of the Premier League clubs now do that now. I think they're sort of, you know, going around to that system. But um, I think like your lower league clubs, you know, uh, you know, a million miles away from anything that they doing, You know, they're doing it at a club like the Havre, who's in the French. Sort of second division, really. Yeah. You, know, you know, but they're you know, they're light years ahead in, in anything that they're doing, really. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of progresses. Too. Yeah,
0: and then yeah. I guess, um, so that experience then that would have been really valuable. And then where did it lead you to follow? I, I,
1: I come out and then I had a really uh, a, 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 a friend of mine called Dave Gobel, um, and he sort of said, Look, there's a, a job going at Chelsea Football Club, um, and it was really weird because like you had to go through like two interview stages. And in football, you get like your jobs of not what you know, but who you know. And I had to go, sort of go to like a, a, a massive interview. And you know, you imagine mm. going in the gates of Cobham, you know, Chelsea training ground and everything. And, and this is interview. This is pure like well into Abramovich kind of
0: era. This yeah, Abramovich,
1: like. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, to go to somewhere like Cobham. And then I went through the, the interview stage and I was with Dan Jacquard. Um, and then Dago took me through the interview stage. And it was lucky that I, you know, I landed the job there. Ended up part time um, in the beginning there, so sort of going like full time football into sort of part time, and then after a while, literally after around about eight months, they took me on full time, um, and then I ended up having five and a half years at Chelsea, which was which was yeah just brilliant to go from. Sort of like your sort of Division One and Championship clubs, and then you're going to to something like Chelsea, which is you know, just like, yeah, different world really.
0: And what were some of the highlights, I guess, because I know in your role, and just explain your role really. Yeah, you I started off days.
1: there. You know, I worked in the foundation, and then we ended up sort of uh, Dan Jakarta. You had to sort of prove yourself there for around about a year. Mm. You had to really, really make sure that their philosophy was was coming through in their development centres. Also their soccer schools and things like that. Really disciplined, really, really well run. Um, and then basically sort of Dan said, look, you know, we're going to sort of start sending you out to, to Sardinia and Turkey and places like that. Want you to sort of head coach it and everything. So and I was lucky enough to sort of go out there to their soccer schools out there because um, they have soccer schools all around the world. Mm. And I would sort of like did like the European ones. And um, yeah, lucky enough to, to coach out in Turkey and coach out in Sardinia. and sent us out to Germany and Belfast and, and it was brilliant and being head coach was was great So yeah, how they trusted me to sort of do that and everything and and every sort of, you know, you'd have like different coaches sent out with you which was great so you're meeting sort of different coaches from, from Chelsea Football Club and then I ended up sort of lucky enough to sort of be with Tour Andre Flo and you know and people like that and, yeah, yeah. And, and working alongside Tour and everything abroad and everything was just, yeah, just brilliant, absolutely brilliant so... Yeah, really good. Yeah, I had a great career at Chelsea, loved it. And and to work for Dan Jackard and Sean Gore was really, really good. So,
0: And a brilliant time, I guess, just to round off with that, because I'm, we all know that Chelsea and probably Man City in the last 10, 15 years, their academies have kind of been leading the way when you see yeah. FA Youth Cup yeah. wins. So I guess being a part of that period of time where you've got those players coming through. And I know we are only starting maybe in the last few years to see those players fully embedded in the first team. It must have been such an experience to, and a different class in terms of seeing that youth system. Yeah, it's really time. good
1: because they have like a like a road that goes through the middle of middle of Cobham, and then you've got like the players are, are on one side of the academy side, then you've got the first team set up the other side of the road. And basically, the job is is to get those boys across the road into that into that first team. So their their philosophy there is 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 just fantastic. I mean, it, it, you know, the whole setup is so professional. It's you know it was just a, just a lovely lovely time to to be sort of connected with a club like that and everything and yeah to work and work abroad for them and you know and, and it, yeah you, you just never think that you're going to work with clubs like that, so for me it was it was really good so a really good experience, loved every moment of it um you know but it, yeah, just been very lucky, really, very, very blessed. So, yeah, it's really good, really good time,
0: brilliant. So, I guess after going from Chelsea, um, you went to some other clubs. I know you went to Ebshley, y- yeah. I, went, like I, I come
1: out, went to in for a little while under Burmey, uh, really good. Right, Burmey's, but you know, fantastic coach, <laughs> oh, fantastic, really, really good, really. Wants the way that he wants to play and everything. So I had a, a really good time under Birmingham Manor and yeah. everything. So I really enjoyed so you, myself. So there. did you
0: relocate back down? Yeah, well, I, I always
1: lived in Portsmouth, so I always yeah, travelled, yeah. always travelled. And then I had a literally a phone literal call out of the blue from a, you know one of our best mates, Dave Jupp, um, and he said, "Look, you know, like we you know, we'd like a kick man and somebody to do the match analysis for us at Fleet, Would you be interested?" Um, and I was in Wessex football and, and it was full time again and to go back into full time football um, so I agreed to sort of go and everything um, and then I went to Evesleet and then literally I was at Evesleet for about a month and a half and then we ended up flying out to, to Portugal and had pre-season camp out in Portugal uh, with Dale McMahon and Steve Grit. same yeah. again Steve Grit, I watched Steve Gritt as a kid you know and also chart and athletic manager and you know mm-hmm. you're mixing with people like that And I was, you know, like I say, I was with David Jupp at Brighton. You know, managed to go out to the Arve with, 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 you know, with Juppy. And then I'm back with Juppy again. And then we're abroad again out in Portugal. It's just crazy the (laughs) way that football is, really. And it was lovely because, you know, I was back with like Sam Magri, um, Nathan Ashmore, you know, who's a goalkeeper. It was lovely because they were in our development centres and in our academies at Portsmouth. So it's really weird. So you've done this sort of big roundabout and then you end up back with them again. And it's just really odd that football does that. Um, and it was lovely, you know, because they had a fantastic training ground at Ebbs. Stadium was was, you know, for conference football was it's all lick football. I mean it's set up for the football league. Yeah. Um, but I only had a sort short, you know, a short stint there. Same again, the club went into sort of turmoil again and you know they, they all know the story, the players never got paid and yeah, yeah. you know, and it was sort of a bit of a torrid time. So I ended up sort of leaving Ebbs. Um, and that was it really, sort of come out of football full time. Um, and it was sort of time to to sort of get into normal job yeah um and
0: how have you found that
1: transition i guess hard, in the last few years really yeah. hard really really tough i'll be honest with you i i i didn't cope very well Yeah. Um,
0: i think anyone would find yeah, such a change I, to when you've yeah. been all you've known is probably yeah. in and around the football yeah yeah you've
1: been around people in football like for 22 years and then all of a sudden it's sort of not there and it's you know and i'll be honest with you i've had a you know a really tough time you know, and, and, and sort of fell into a bit of depression and everything and, and found it really, really hard. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, found it really hard to talk about depression and, yeah, sort of, um, yeah, really went through a bit of a tough time for about a year. Um, and then basically, um, I'd sort of come to Paulchester and had a fantastic time here under Paul Kelly, under Katz. Um, but just I, I just was finding it really hard, you know, really hard sort of transitioning into sort of non-league football, mm. you know, even when I was at Dean, and I, I was finding it tough, really hard. I, I just found it hard to communicate with people and, you know, behind the scenes, I just wasn't coping very well yeah. sort of being out of football full time and, um, and in, sort of going into like a normal job. And then you're trying to do non-league. It's so different. It's so hard to sort of transition. And and
0: I guess you're doing nine to five. And then you're changing. Even though you've been in football, you're suddenly like, right, I've got to get my kit man head on. And then do that. Then you do that. And then you need people to communicate
1: with. And then you're tired, you know, because you're trying to do both things. and And it's like, hang on a minute. How do you balance family life? with being like yeah. a kit man and a doing a normal and a dad. job it's like yeah. yeah you're trying to be a dad at home to like you know a daughter and everything and you know trying to keep the wife happy and it's it's hard it's really really tough but then I sort of I left sort of Paulchester because I was just finding life really really tough then um then got a really good phone call from Moby um sort of um whether they go to Moneyfields and, and I thought no I'll go to Moneyfields because it's right at the end of my street and I thought yeah. this is going to be really handy for me um sort of went in the first couple of months was 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 sort of hard transitioning back into it and I'll be honest with you I absolutely loved it at Moneyfields I, I just absolutely got on really well with everybody Alan, Mickey, the groundsman uh, the chairman, Moby, was absolutely brilliant. He knew I'd gone through a bit of a tough time and everything, you know, finding it hard to sort of cope with things. He took his time with me. Uh, Gavin Spurway, Potey, um, absolutely brilliant. Sam Pierce, captain, you know, just magical. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I, and I had like about what, a season there, and I loved every moment of it. You know, I think it was just that time where... Being at the end of the street, didn't really have to do a lot of traveling. Okay, we did a lot of traveling in the Southern League, um, but I think where the club was literally on my doorstep. I think that helped me sort of transition back into it and gave me time yeah. to sort of settle back into to, into, into non-league football really, and, and and what is non-league football really about, you know? Um, and it was great. And Moby's just been phenomenal, absolutely it's phenomenal. So, and and the players at Moneyfields were just absolutely. Out of this world. Loved every one of them. What you know to work with, you know, with Barks and your Marley Ridges and your Sam Pierces and Dinsmore, and I could go on about all of them and Brigo and all the boys and everything. Uh, just, just, just great. You know, yeah. they really looked after me there and loved every moment at Moneyfields. Really did. You know, really, really did. You know, yeah, yeah, just a great place to be. Brilliant. And now we're back. I guess. And then, yeah. and then, basically, <laughs> Portchester comes in from um, Obi. And then it's that unsettling time again, sort of thinking, oh God, is he gonna take me with him? And literally, you know, once he you know, got the job here, he was straight on the phone to me, look, I want you to come with me. Um, and I, yeah, I, I love being with Mobs. Mobs is a great manager. Um, he's a rough diamond when you first meet him, and you know, and you think, oh, you know, like, am I gonna get on with Moby? And, but I'll be honest with you, I ended up sort of working for Moby, sort of gave me a part-time job at his place. Um, sort of helped me settle in at Money Fields, and that really helped. And he's brought me here with him. And I'll be honest with you, I love being under Moby. Yeah. Absolutely love being under him, Great manager, knows exactly what he wants, tells you how it is, bollocks you when you need a bollocking. If something's not done right, he, he will pull you up on it because you want it, you want it done in this certain way. Gav Spurway, Potey, ah, oh, fantastic first team coaches to work under. I mean, you know, Poti's, you know, done it all and you know played in the conference and everything so you know you've got really good sort of conference um sort of management here now for me this is like a conference setup now you yeah. know and, and it's something that i want to install in here you know and and sort of bring it up to a conference standard we now got paul kelly the chairman who's really 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 ambitious um love paul the bits uh, yeah. just a great guy to be around real character as well so that, And it's one of those that, if I ever get to write a book, he's one of those characters that you can put in a book, isn't he? And he is just great to be around because he's really ambitious, really wants to get to Southern League football. Puts this club first, I would say. Of course he does, yeah. Every every step. He does, every step of the way. I mean, if you look at the setup to the gym here, right the way through to the kit room, the physio room. I mean, we're going to have brand new changing rooms built for us. You've got the manager's office. I mean, the bar area with Amy, what she does behind the scenes. You know and Woody with what he's done for the club and everything. Absolutely. You know you you've got amazing people and you've got yourself that has now <laughs> got the fans base and the Aaron Shoney that, that that's really taking off now. You know we're getting crowds of three hundred here, so the base here now for me is 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 this is like your next Haven and Waterlooville, your next Gosport. This is the, this is the next one to come along. You know and I you know and I, I just really want to be part of that and. You know, for me now, I said to the wife, this is the club and I said to the chairman as well, I promise the chairman now, this will be the club that I'll retire at. You know, if I can stay here for the next eight, ten 10 years, watch it grow, watch it get bigger and hopefully, my dream is, this is my dream, if it can get to Conference South Football, which for me in my eyes it can. You know, we've got a manager now who's really, really ambitious, we've got a coaching staff and a backroom staff now that are really ambitious. We've now got players that are sort of I won't say who the players are, because it would be unfair for me to say, but we've now got players that, that want to come and join the club, mm. you know, that have played at a really high level. So for me, this is a really exciting time. And I'm not going to mention any players because it's just going to be great for, for the fans to sort of see yeah. who comes in through that door.
0: So everybody stay tuned for, you know, hopefully the should exciting. Much, bit exciting. Time.
1: It's really exciting. I'm buzzing. I've got my, you know, my my heart back into it now. Um this is a club that I've you know that I I was really settled at before and you know and I'm really glad to be back here to be honest. I mean the facilities here are 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 for me a conference standard. So, you know, if I can help it build and you know and like I say being behind this management team now is, is, is for me is a dream come true now so uh, and to be back with Paul is great as well Modes and everybody it's just brilliant isn't it so yeah. like great well we're tough we've got our Clarky back it? so, <laughs> so, uh, it's
0: brilliant but thanks so much for your, um, no, thanks you're for your time it's you're so welcome. good to hear I know I've heard about your kind of all your different parts of your career throughout yeah. football but I think for everybody it's such a you know pleasure to have you back and, and as people have said before and people maybe have heard, like Clarkie was actually one of the first people who came over um, and really got behind the fact that uh, we'd come and followed the, the club mm-hmm. over to the Isle of Wight and it kind of, I would say that day a few years ago yeah, it was, it was the birth it of day. the fans group. I remember so, it, I remember yeah. it. it, was
1: really weird because we were all in the dugout yeah. and we had these two guys that suddenly showed up beyond the goal at Cowes and they were singing Paul Chester songs, <laughs> the, the chairman was looking at us in the dugout. I was looking at Cats. Cats was looking at the chairman and started looking at us and going, who are these guys? You know, and it was really weird because all of a sudden, you guys were coming out of all these Paul Chester songs and it was just brilliant. And we were thinking, hang on a minute, this is brilliant. So um, I always remember after the game, you know, it was just so special to see you and, and and I can't remember the guy.
0: Uh, Chad and Joe, so it's three of us. Three of us, yeah.
1: yeah, Two or three of you behind the goal and it was just brilliant. Um, And I think we drew the game 3-3 in the end. Um, I think cows stayed up, didn't they? By the skin of their teeth. They were up celebrating how they won the championship. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was unbelievable. wasn't it? I think they won the league. Um, but then after the game to come and meet you guys and you know and, and to thank you guys. For me, it was in really important because you know you you come support the club and you've been to a few games. And we haven't sort of noticed you guys being here, and now you've started off the fans base and it all started from sort of those days. And for me, people like you. Are really, really, really special because no, you were the guys that. that come through that gate. You, you support the club home in a way, um, and it's the fans that are the most important people. So absolutely, you know, I mean, we've got place. a little story about a, a, a gentleman that attacked me on the shoulder once. Yeah, um, you know, we had uh, I was at Fratton Park, and then remember it. We were showing like the mascots around and a few of the sponsors around at Fratton Park, and I was at the, literally in the tunnel there at Fratton Park, and we were playing Derby County at home. And uh, basically, um, I was explaining, this is up in the south stand, this is where the VIP sit, all the very, very important people, and they all try to get a tap on the shoulder. And I turn around, it's Nigel Clough. And he said to me, no, 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 they're not the important people. And he pointed to the frat and end in the north stand, and he said, they're the most important people. The fans and the people that come through the gate that make these clubs, who these clubs really are. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and I'll never forget sort of moments like that. You know, you look at you know, and, and, and to have that done to me by Nigel Clough for me, I'll never forget. That's one of those yeah. moments in football that you'll always take to your grave. You know, special moments, little moments like that that, you know, and then you've got people like you and everybody that comes through the gate in non-league football, you know, this this is this is proper football. This is this is yeah. the real game down here, isn't it? it it it's hard to run these clubs financially. But it's the fans that keep us going and the people that come through that turnstile and buy your cups of tea and your burgers.
0: Exactly. It doesn't matter if it's Porchy, Fair and Bathings, Moneyfields, all those. I think, just for people, I think we already kind of keep reiterating this. We obviously want you to come here, everybody. But I think ultimately, with this specialist period of time, if you're a bit disenchanted with higher level football, go and and support your local uh, non-league team. Because I think you'd be surprised, like you've just said, how yeah. how far your support goes and how important yeah. it is to the people who You
1: get to meet the players, Lewis. You get yeah. to meet people like you. You get to meet your kitmen. You get to meet your physios, your first team staff. You get to go and have a drink with them in the bar. Yeah. My mates you know, are still
0: waiting for that cup of tea when they come down. Aren't they? So and there you go. Like, <laughs> so we're
1: even going to set up the kettle and the new table <laughs> we got coming in, so it'll be like you guys coming in having a cup of tea with us. You know, you know, a couple of hours or you know, three four hours before the game, and that's. That's the way it should be, yeah. you know, you should have this real good community, you know, feel about it. All in it. together, aren't we? You know. we can then flow that out to the Paulchester community that are here and the wider community out in Portsmouth and the surrounding areas. You know, people will come through and hopefully they can see what it's like behind the scenes and, and you know, people that have sort of really want this club to go forward. So uh, sure. no, I'm really proud to be here. It's a yeah. lovely club.
0: Oh, brilliant. Well, thanks so much for your time and um, oh, yeah, excited to see how the rest of the season goes.
1: Brilliant. Welcome, thank you very
0: much. No worries, thank you. So there it is guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as well. Um, remember to like and subscribe, it really helps us in terms of trying to grow the podcast, so to pass the Portche on. We've got a few friendlies coming up, obviously it's behind closed doors, but do follow at AFC Porchester on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all of the latest scores and the latest goings on over the next few months at Portche, ready for when fans are eventually allowed back in. Also make sure you follow us on at Aaron Choney fans if you don't already, we're getting very close to 1,000 followers, it'd be very great to be able to grow us to that level as well, um, but keep all updated with all the different goings on with the fans group. We're actually going to have the membership going back over into its second year from May the 1st. So, we've got a few little goodies on the way to entice you into getting an Aaron Choney membership. So, do get involved. All of the funds go straight back into the club, and we're looking to carry on growing the fans' group. Um, so, please do come and get involved. But until next time, guys, stay safe. Forza Porchi.